If you have not liked my last two episodes or the last two videos I've put out on YouTube, chances are you are not going to like this one either because I have something that I want to talk about that I see happening right in front of our eyes. I said this was the last time, the last episode that I would talk about Oliver Anthony, but I want to talk about the situation as a whole, not necessarily Oliver Anthony, but how the masses have flocked to him and what I see happening within Christianity. So if you dislike me, you're going to dislike this one. If you're almost at a point of disliking me, you probably will dislike me after this one. Some of you maybe even will find yourself agreeing with me. Who knows? Either way, Dr. Matters Podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Well, welcome everybody to this episode of the Doctrine Matters Podcast. I am glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad that you are in a free country and you're able to disagree with me about things. And as I've related it to the last videos, Oliver Anthony and the things that have happened since his big hit song, Rich Men North of Richmond, some of you have disagreed with me and what I believe and what I think, both Christian and non-Christian alike. And that's okay. We live in a free world and I am thankful for that. And I'm thankful that many of you can disagree with me in love, and I disagree with you in love as well, but some of you are just plum nuts, it seems. <laughs> but I still love you anyway. But here's the, the goal for today. I'm going to tell you something and talk about something that I see brewing. And I mentioned on the last episode that I wasn't going to talk about Oliver Anthony again, and I'm not so much going to talk about him so much as I'm going to be talking about this following of the masses, this thing that's happened since his hit song has gone viral, and he has since released other songs as well. So I'm going to talk about something that I see within Christianity itself as it relates to this thing that's going on. And I know many of you are not going to like my hot take. This is a hot take. This is not going to be a popular opinion with many, but I believe it's something that should be at least noted that we should keep our eyes, uh, kind of keep it on a back burner, keep our eyes kind of looking at it. Maybe if it's out of one side of our eye, we should keep an eye on this because it has the potential, if it hasn't already, to do something that many Christians have condemned. Let me just get right into telling you what I'm talking about right now. Over the last several years, there's been this liberal theology that would suggest that we should move into a social gospel. And when I mean social gospel, I mean that there are this group of people that believe that we should start to look at different laws such as poverty and even health and education and alcoholism and crime and welfare systems, and we should take this uh, Christian ethic and kind of move it into the social gospel. And the social gospel really, since 2020, really ramped up to begin to include the LGBTQ agenda, Black Lives Matter, all of those things that many conservatives would say no. And this was the cry. And this is something that I said as we looked at people looking at a social gospel. 
that we don't need to add anything in front of the gospel. The gospel is already the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. We don't need a social gospel, and we don't need any other kind of gospel. We just need the gospel of Jesus Christ that we find in the scriptures. And Jesus himself says, repent and believe the good news. The good news, of course, meaning that Christ came to die in yours and my place. And those that repent or turn from their sin and change their thinking on their sin and put their faith in Christ alone, believing that he came, lived a perfect life, was buried after he was killed on a cross, was buried and three days later rose again. And then he ascended back to the right hand of the father. That is the good news that you and I as lawbreakers have a way to God through Christ. And that is the gospel that we repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are made right with God. And then we will spend an eternity with him when we leave this world. That is the gospel in a nutshell. It's as clear as I can make it in as short a time as I can make it. So many people would say we don't need a social gospel. We don't need to make sure the culture is in line with what they think and what they want. As a matter of fact, the social gospel came, as I've mentioned, from theological liberalism. And many conservatives said, no way. No way, no how, no shape or form do we need the social gospel. We need the biblical gospel. And just let me say this. This is according to Got Questions, which is a great resource. GotQuestions.org has many answers to many of your questions. They say this, the social gospel is related to theological liberalism. A theologian who lived during the peak of the social gospel movement described the message of the social gospel this way. A God without wrath brought men without sin into a kingdom without judgment through the ministrations of a Christ without a cross. According to the social gospel, the betterment of society equals salvation. That's wrong. And that's what social gospel warriors look for is the betterment of society through reform and through laws and through government and through acceptance and through tolerance. They don't look for salvation and people being better through the biblical gospel. It's all through social agendas. This is because, I'm going to get back to it, people are basically good as seen by the social gospel. That's funny because the Bible says there is none that are good, no, not one. And society is gradually becoming more moral. <laughs> uh, no, actually the social gospel is moving people to more immorality, but uh, we'll we'll keep going here. If we feed enough people, educate enough children, dig enough wells, and redistribute enough wealth, then we will see God's kingdom manifest. If we preach enough love, justice, brotherhood, and goodwill toward men, then the remnants of greed and selfishness in mankind will be overwhelmed and give way to goodness. Let me read this last line again and listen to it carefully. If we feed enough people, educate enough children, dig enough wells, and redistribute enough wealth, then we will see God's kingdom manifest. Let me continue. If we preach enough love, justice, brotherhood, and goodwill toward men, then the remnants of greed and selfishness in mankind will be overwhelmed and give way to goodness. 
That is the line I want to focus on. Then the remnants of greed and selfishness in mankind will be overwhelmed and give way to goodness. This is the social gospel. This is the gospel that many conservative Christians preached against, including myself. And now you will listen and hear me sound the alarm on the conservative side of things. Yes, I told you I wouldn't mention Oliver Anthony, but I must because it is his song that has catapulted this uh, conservative resurgence within the church to say yes and amen to the language in this song, not the cuss words. That's for the last two episodes. We're not dealing with cuss words today. We're dealing with the gospel. So here is the problem. When you listen to this young man's song, it talks about greedy people in the White House, greedy politicians, um, selfish politicians, uh Politicians that try to do good, but ultimately it's evil and it's hurting the conservative man, the blue collar man and woman. Those people, the greed that they have is hurting the blue collar worker, normal everyday people like you and I. And the conservative resurgence in Christianity has shouted from the rooftops now that we affirm and approve this song. We need men in the White House that are going to do things differently, that are going to make the, the taxes go down, that are going to make the gas go down, that are going to make the price of bread and eggs go down, that is going to stop this inflation and see interest rates be driven back down because we want to see things change for the better. Now, here's the problem. Many of you conservative Christians are now promoting a social gospel, whether you realize it or not. You're promoting a social gospel. You want to see the greedy be done away with. You want to see people preach love, justice, brotherhood, and goodwill toward men. You want to see that. That is what Oliver Anthony's song is all about. It's all about love, justice, brotherhood, and goodwill toward men. And then and only then, the remnants of greed and selfishness in mankind will be overwhelmed and give way to goodness. We'll start to see things change, right? If that's what happens in the White House, if that's what happens within the political realm, if we would just start to see people love more, we start to see justice. So now the conservatives are promoting justice. We want to see justice served. And let me just tell you, conservative Christian, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Justice, true justice belongs to God alone. Not in us, not in the political system, but in God alone. So we see that there were people in the time when Christ showed up, there were people that were oppressed by the political system of their day. Rome was oppressing them, and there was just nothing that they wanted more than to some, for somebody to come along and deliver them from their oppression from the political realm. And they thought Jesus was going to do just that. 
But the problem is Jesus didn't come for a social gospel. He didn't come for social reform. He came so men and women could be free, so that they would die to themselves, that they would repent of their sin and believe that he is the son of God and believe that he came and died in their place and believe. And through that belief, they would be made right with God and their social situation would not change, but their spiritual situation would change. So here I am right now on this day, August the 25th, saying we don't need a social gospel. We don't need a conservative social gospel. We need the gospel. You know what? People that are working 16 hours a day in factories are going to continue working 16 hours a day in factories because I don't see that changing. There is nothing that is going to change this. But what those 16-hour working blue-collar people need is the true gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is to know that Christ came to die in their place and for them to be uh, called out of darkness into marvelous light. And no matter if they're working 16 hours or all they have to eat is bread and beans for the rest of their life, their spiritual lives would be changed. And it is in that that they find joy, that they find peace, that they find comfort, that they find rest. But sadly, we see this resurgence on the on the back of Oliver Anthony. These Christians have come out of the woodwork and wanting a social gospel. They just haven't recognized it yet. I'm fired up a little bit about it. I'm passionate about it because those same ones said, no social gospel. We don't need this. We don't want this. This is nothing that we need. We need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now those same ones are promoting a conservative social gospel. Why? Because it fits their agenda. It fits their belief system. And listen, let me tell you again, I am probably one of the most patriotic people you will ever meet. I love my country. I love my flag. I think the red, white, and blue is beautiful. I think the stars are beautiful. I love to hear Jimi Hendrix shred the national anthem. I love to hear the national anthem be sang with passion like Chris Stapleton did at the last Super Bowl. And I see and hear rumblings that Oliver Anthony may be singing the national anthem at this next Super Bowl. Maybe that'll come to fruition. Maybe not. We'll see. But I love America. I love the freedoms and uh, that we have, that we have left, essentially. Although I believe that the left is trying to put a, a squash on our freedoms. I, but I am a patriotic person. I love my country. I love the soldiers. I love the military. I love our police officers. I love our firefighters. I love all of those folks and I pray for them and I care for them, but I am not going to move from the biblical gospel and replace it with a conservative social gospel that actually sounds a lot like the social gospel that many conservative Christians condemned the last few years as it has came up within the church and within our culture and communities. So just be careful, conservative, patriotic, God-fearing, America-loving Christians. Please don't find yourself crossing the line into promoting a false conservative social gospel. Just like when the liberals do it, when the conservatives do it, it's just as wrong because we need the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is all. And you may think, you you don't sound patriotic. Oh, I am, and I'm going to vote, and I'm going to vote for the candidate this upcoming election that aligns closest to the Bible and closest to what we need as Americans. But I'm not going to forsake the gospel of Jesus Christ for some 
half-hearted social gospel that tries to get me what I want. Joe Biden can be president the next four years after this election. Somebody just like him can come along and be president until I die. But I am going to have peace, comfort, and joy knowing that my salvation doesn't rest on what this world does socially, on how this affects my family. This is going, my joy, my strength lies in Christ alone who has saved me. And that's what I'm going to rely on. When I look in the scriptures, I see Paul. He's known little, he's known much, but in all things, he's been content. And that's what I'm going to be, regardless of who's in the White House, regardless of what politicians are running things and voting for things. I'm going to be content in the Lord because he will take care of mine and my family's needs. If we're living under a cardboard box 10 years from now, guess what? That cardboard box is going to shield us from the sun when it's hot. That cardboard box may shield us a little while from the rain when it falls. But God's protecting us and providing for us. And even if we lose our lives in this country to some liberal thug that just thinks he can take it, then here's what I say. To live is Christ, to die is gain. So let's think clearly. Let's think biblically. What are we promoting? Are we going to honor and hold up the Bible, the Word of God, as the truth and the standard? Of the Christian life, of and, and really, as A.W. Tozer says, there is no Christian life in secular life. It all belongs to God. So this is the absolute truth in all of life for anybody, whether believer or unbeliever. Are we going to hold this up and value this and treasure this as the standard? Or are we going to try to move the goalposts to fit our narratives? Be careful, conservatives. I'm on your side, but I don't want to get outside the bounds of Scripture waiting for a social reform when Christ has already came and he's already died. He's already been buried. He's already risen. He's already ascended. And my faith has been placed in Christ alone. I am content regardless of who's in the white house. I thank God for his son, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to continue to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ that we find in the pages of scripture, not a social gospel, not a conservative social gospel, but the gospel of Jesus Christ, the only gospel we need. My goal in this, and even the last two videos, is not to dogpile or condemn, but to help us think clearly, help us think biblically, and help us respond according to the word and not by what we think in our emotions. So be careful, conservative Christians. Please don't find yourself outside the bounds of Scripture. It's the gospel and nothing else. I hope that I've challenged your thinking. I hope that I haven't made you just completely dislike me. Hopefully we can find common ground. But I'm sure that many of you will comment, and I hope so. I love engaging with you, whether it's good, whether it's bad, or whether you're indifferent. I love engaging with people that are listening. So continue to send those comments. Let me know what you think. I could be way wrong. I could be way right. I could be right somewhere in the middle. Who knows? But I know what I'm seeing, and I'm fearing that conservatives are starting to drift to politics and social statuses and social reform instead of trying to reform this country with the gospel alone, the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the power 
to save. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for bearing with me while I rant for a few minutes. I hope you have a great rest of your day, great weekend, and God bless.